Hello and welcome to another episode of All Villa No Filler, a podcast all about the world's greatest football team, Aston Villa. Of course, we will be talking about the win over Newcastle uh, United yesterday, forgetting all about uh, the controversial decision in the game against Man City. Uh, we'll also be looking ahead to uh, Burnley away on Wednesday as the games come thick and fast. We pick a legend as our left back for Villa's all-time perfect eleven, and tensions run high as we compete for a free Nando's. So welcome to the fourth episode of All Villa No Filler. I am your host, George Zielinski. I'm joined by two lifelong villains, of course, Birmingham's own Roisin Mendonca. Hello, Roisin. Hello, George. Um, Frankie, how are you doing? You okay? Good to hear from you, George. Good to hear from you. So, Roisin, how have you been? Yeah, not too bad. Um, as you know, just kind of keeping up with the the, the diary entries. Um, it's kind of interesting, really, because because Anna goes on, you know, on and on and on, as you know she can, um, for a couple of fantastic seasons. And I, I've got to 1998 now. Um, okay, she must have. Yeah, she must have started secondary school, you see. Um, and I think maybe her interest slightly waned um, or she just kind of found more interests. Because um, I'm just going to read you an entry from, from the 19th of August, 1998, um, where she's obviously been reflective. Um, the entry goes, reading through this diary, it's been funny. So far, I've only wrote about boys and football. See ya. Maybe it will change. Maybe it won't. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> End of entry. So she obviously added in a little bit of chat about boys. Um, maybe it will change. I mean, it never has. She still just talks about Villa and boys. Um, so, yeah, no, quite entertaining. Um, and, yeah, just, just reading through that. As I say, trying to keep myself busy and, of course, watching Villa you know, a very confident Villa. Um, how about you? How about you guys? How's football manager going, George? It's 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 been going okay. It's been going okay. It's it's been a it's been an experience of peaks and troughs, as I've explained in previous episodes. At the moment, um, I'm going through a bit of a trough uh, doing the Martin O'Neill Challenge. On <laughs> Where manager. was the peak? Um, oh, the peak was finishing 11th uh, at the end of the first season as part of the challenge. So, just right. to remind our listeners, what I'm trying to do is kind of recreate. Uh, the managerial tactics of Villa managers in years gone by. Um, I say years gone by. We did the Mark Delaney challenge where our under-23s manager played the kids. That didn't go so well for me. Uh, I was sacked quite soon after starting uh, that challenge. So the Martin O'Neill challenge is playing a 4-4-2 with kind of two wingers, big man, little man up front, uh, a very sort of direct uh, counter-attacking style. And uh, it worked okay in the first season, as I said, sort of mid-table. And I thought I would build on that uh, for the second season hasn't really played out that way uh, um I, I signed I think I, I I mentioned in the last episode uh, Jaden Stockley who is this kind of the six foot four the lump the lump as we've affectionately <laughs> called him um to play as that kind of John Carew player and um, he did okay for me like he got I think he scored like nine goals got quite a few assists so he kind of did the role that I asked him to do and then this season he demanded an improvement to his contract he wanted an extra 20k a week, which I was absolutely not going to pay. No way. (laughs) Kind of like I thought I'd try and um, kind of get into that Martin O'Neill mindset. I mean, there's no way Martin O'Neill would bow to those sorts of contract demands. No way. Absolutely not. (laughs) Deadly Doug wouldn't be having any of it, would he either? (laughs) Absolutely not. That is true. Yeah, we did. um, I think we were offering outlandish wages to people like uh, Curtis Davis, who we never, ever played. 
Um, but anyway, I decided it wasn't going to work for me, so I, I, I sold him to QPR. Um, and uh, and since that, I don't know whether James Stockley really knitted the team um, the team together, but um, I've really struggled. <laughs> We're now uh, deep in the relegation mire again, and the fans are starting to call for my head. So it's like you know, Mark Delaney version two. I just can't. I just can't get a break. The cabbages, are, the cabbages are flying down from the Trinity yeah. Road stand. <laughs> and Jaden's yeah. not offering them a refund from his pocket money. Either. I think, I think, I think Jaden is stoking the fires from uh, <laughs> from his from, from Loftus Road where he is at the moment. So, um, <laughs> lots of passive aggressive tweeting from him and that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, and Frankie, how have you how have you been? Yeah, not too bad. It's uh, it's actually just started snowing outside the window I'm looking at right now. It's and the, the snow is coming down quite heavily. So you know, it's always fun to see. Um, a couple of kids playing around, you know, out there, all the, the adults having fun as well. And um, about 10 minutes ago, I just saw two kids get into a bit of a proper fight, you know, a head, one in a kind of a headlock, giving him a noogie. Um, I was like, go on, lads, get go on. And then um, the mom came and broke it up, which I loudly booed from the window. So, you know, yeah, it's all fun and games. Oh, kicking down, here. Up down there. Rightly so, rightly so. Oh, okay, then. So um, Aston Villa, Newcastle, uh, it was... An easy win in the end, I think, as me and Rasheen correctly predicted in the last episode. Um, did Rasheen, was it? Was it? Was it? Uh, was it as? Did it? Did it play out as you thought it would? It did. I thought it was like watching a, a ten out of ten jive on Strictly on a Saturday night. Confident, <laughs> exciting, <laughs> full of kicks and flicks. Um, just the sass. Um, I thought, you know, I thought it was really, really solid entertaining football I'm really really glad that Ollie Watkins scored um if not only for my own fantasy football team um I thought Traore was fantastic I think he's coming along um absolutely fantastically that little movement that little footwork on the ball um before you know knocking it to Jack and then scoring his goal was was just brilliant um I didn't think we missed McGinn too much I thought Marvellous was you know marvellous of course um and I just thought Actually, it was really good to see us be able to take off good players in, you know, Ross Barkley and Traore and then bring on El Golzi and Trez, more good players um, that can score and, and and add, you know, their own style to, to a kind of already thriving team. I thought that was, it was really heartening to see. Um, I Probably the most entertaining moment of the night was when, when Jack Grealish got taken off um, and he looked like, you know, a little child who had been told that Father Christmas wasn't coming to visit. Um, he he but... looked utterly miserable, didn't he? And I, and I looked at the clock. I thought, I thought to myself, OK, well, maybe maybe if it was like 60 minutes, 70 minutes and, it was, and like he was being called off. minutes. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to see that he he cares that much and he he wants to play every minute of every game. Um, And he certainly has the fitness to do so. Um, So I think in some ways it was really, really nice to see. But it was an entertaining end to to an entertaining night, I thought. What did you think, Frankie? You know, for the last kind of 10 years, watching Aston Villa go into games uh, and thinking they should win and they can win and then seeing them not do that has been incredibly frustrating. Going into the Newcastle game, it always felt like we have to beat this team. We can beat this team. And then to watch us go and do it the way we did, to always be in cruise control, to see um, John McGinn not in the in the team and then Marvellous Nakamba come in again this season. Every time he's come into the team, he's done a really good job. Um, he's, he's improved from last season, I would say, from one year in the Premier League. Um, tricky Traore, you know, doing <laughs> doing the business. Uh, 
fantastic finish as well from him on his weak foot. Um, and then Ezri Concer again. I know I, 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 there was a few jokes going around about me calling him a, a developing into a world-class defender, but I'm sticking to that. He is an amazing talent. Um, he was. I thought he was excellent last night. Matt Target with the assist again. We praised him in the last game, said whether he should play for England. Again, a lovely ball to Ollie Watkins, who really deserved that goal. And hopefully now for Ollie, he can uh, kick on and get a few more goals um, from this. Yeah, I think I think Dean Smith said after the game that having the attacking options that he did off the bench, because we haven't had Barkley for a few games, um, you know, Trezeguet, I mean, the entire team has been struck down by coronavirus, but to have the ability to change it um, like we did, particularly at that end of the pitch, means that we do have those options there. Uh, and hopefully when we bring in Sanson, that, that, that transfer looks like it's going to happen. He, he'll, he'll add another kind of dimension to, to our midfield and... Um, yeah, I think it's. I think it's. I think it's all looking good. Um, having having a having a, a consistent back back five with with uh, Martinez as the goalkeeper means that we've got a really solid base as well to build on. That they, I think. It, I think it makes a massive difference having having that um, having that there. So um, yeah, it all it all looks good. I, th- I think one thing I would add though is that um, Newcastle to me, I think I thought the same last season. And I think it this season. I think that. They're just awful. But they, they are awful. <laughs> they are the most boring. Tell me what you mean, Frankie. <laughs> well, you know, like I know a lot of Newcastle fans aren't keen on Aston Villa after the banners we put up when they got relegated in 2009, like the sob on the time thing and who's your next Messiah, Antor Deck. So it's kind of understandable that a lot of Newcastle fans aren't <laughs> huge fans. But at the same time, I look at Newcastle and I think this is a historic team. Under Mike Ashley, it's drifted. It's gone nowhere. Before Mike Ashley, at least I guess in the Kevin Keegan era, you thought of an exciting team. And Newcastle as a city, as a club, as a historic club with so many passionate fans deserve far better than the absolute abject dreariness of of that entire performance. And that's it. They were, they were rubbish. And if they're, how they're not in the bottom three is just beyond me. They just look like a club that's at the moment directionless. Um, but the, full credit to Aston Villa that we were able to go and you know, the expectation was was for us to go and comfortably win, and that's exactly what we did. All Villa, no filler. On Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Welcome back, everybody. Now it's time, of course, for this. The Perfect Eleven. It's the Perfect Eleven, which I am hosting this week. It's a feature where we build our best ever Aston Villa first eleven. So, so far, we've already chosen Mark Bosnich in goal. Alan Hutton is our right back. And in our last show, we chose the iconic Paul McGrath at centre-back alongside uh, Olof Melberg. So, um, this week, we're selecting our left-back now to complete the defence. Roisin, who have you gone for? I've gone for somebody who was there in that era that we've spoken about so much where we all kind of fell in love with the Villa. Um, He did start his English football career at Liverpool. Um, There, you know, showed heart, compassion, did attend a lot of the Hillsborough funerals. So, you know, clearly has got that kind of connection with the fans, came to us for a little over a million um, scored in his debut match. He played alongside McGrath in that team. Um, So this is a nice little link up for our perfect eleven. He got that second place in the first Premier League. He's got League Cups. He's captained us. He's taken us on a run, you know, up the UEFA Cup quarterfinals. He's gone. He's come back. Um, he scored in the Inter Toto Cup. What more could you want? 
Um, he is one of the only men that makes scoring from a corner kick look easy. And I suppose he plays to my heartstrings a little bit. He's got more than 100 appearances for Ireland, scoring seven goals across three World Cups. Um, and I Who think that he <laughs> has to be Stan the Man, Steve Staunton at left back. Of course, yeah. I mean, Staunton was a was a. I love Steve Staunton growing up. Absolutely. I thought he was, he was fantastic. I've got this image as well. Um, not 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 necessarily of him playing for Villa, but for Ireland in USA '94 in that absolute heat. I think they played in California or Florida in their group games, and he was obviously <laughs> he's quite pale. <laughs> yeah, that red hair, and I remember seeing that lineup as the camera pans across the teams at the start of the game, and he was just kind of in. This is before he'd even kicked the ball. He was just kind of stripping with sweat. That's <laughs> um, an iconic image of, of Steve Staunton. Um, More comfortable yeah, and, at Villa Park in the drizzle. Absolutely, yeah. That's that's where he's most uh, most comfortable. But um, yeah, he he yeah he used to score some amazing goals, and you mentioned that 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 goal from a corner, which was um, which was exactly. I mean always good. If, you, if someone can score from a corner, you've got to rate them quite high, highly. Yeah, that's so, what I'm saying. He and his left foot have to be in this team. They they simply have to be. Um, yes, Frankie, yes, I don't know who you're going to counter that with, but I just I cannot see anybody in place of Steve Staunton. Okay, Frankie, who you who who have you got in your perfect eleven at left back? Well, uh, it's going to be very hard to live up to uh, Stevie Staunton. Um, I, I just want to mention, uh, we got a tweet um, from at Villa Paddy, um, um, someone who's over in uh, County Clare, I believe, in Ireland. And he said, we really like your new podcast, but if Steve Staunton isn't your left back, you've lost a listener. Uh, so... <laughs> Well, we've got, to, we've got to scrape as many listeners as we, as we can together. Yeah, don't worry, Paddy, I got your back. I'm heading over to the Netherlands and I'm picking Wilfred Balmer. Um, now, uh, Aston Villa, I think at right back, historically, we probably aren't the strongest. Left back, we really are strong. Um, and uh, obviously, we've got Matty Target now as well. But um, Wilfred Balmer, um, he struggled when he first joined under David O'Leary. Um, a few injury problems and things just weren't great in that final season under O'Leary at all. But then, new lease of life when uh, O'Neill came in. Um, he formed a very, very integral part of that uh, of a really strong defence with Martin Larson in the 2007-2008 season. And I think that's where he cemented his uh, legacy as a uh, as a bit of a cult hero. He was a he's in a way it sort of reminds me of John McGinn, sort of kind of not kind of short of stature, I guess, on the pitch physically, but um, really haired around. The word hairing around. He had that kind of. Um, you know, he was all over you. He was physical. He was good going forward. He played for the Netherlands himself. So if you're going to be in the Netherlands starting lineup, you're a, you're a very good player. Um, it's uh, But kind of like Martin Larsen, his Villa career was somewhat curtailed again by injury. And I was at that game against Odense um, and it was an absolutely horrific injury. I can remember just seeing it in my head now. And um, I read uh, that he, um, on the pitch, you know, they couldn't, you know, he dislocated his ankle. They couldn't fix it on the pitch. So he had to, you know, it was a half an hour to get to the hospital to sort it out. And then he was out for two years. Um, but he managed to come back from that um, and play on then for three more seasons for the PSV Eindhoven. Talent-wise, he's probably one of the left back, best left-backs we've ever had. Yeah, I mean, I, I would I would agree with all that. Um, I remember that game as well. I wasn't there, but it was a, it was a pre-season game, wasn't it? Um, mm. was, was it pre-season? I think, I think it, it was. It was uh, Intertoto Cup. Was it? <laughs> the famous Intertoto Cup. The Benny, the Benny McCarthy Trophy. 
Um, yeah, which I think Steve was... Staunton scored in, didn't he? Actually, <laughs> <laughs> Steve Staunton continues to make the case despite us <laughs> talking about Rumor. But um, yeah, I, I agree. He was a he was um, he was a very good player, technically great. And as you say, Frankie, if if you're going to start for the Netherlands, um, you've got to be a decent defender. It's 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 going to have to be Steve Staunton, I'm afraid. Mm. He was such an Go icon. On, and um, and and I think the fact you know he, he he was with us and then left and then came back and he was he was still just you know he's still just as good and he, he was a bit of an icon. I think it has going it will have to be uh, Steve Staunton. But a shout out as well to players like you know J Lloyd Samuel was a very good left back for us. Yeah. Of course, uh, Matty Target if he plays for a few play, if he keeps his form as he has been playing in recent weeks, then you know who knows if we have this conversation in a few years time he might um, he might usurp Staunton. But um, at this stage, I think to complete. Our defence, I'm picking Steve Staunton at left-back. This is a section where we'd really like to hear from you as well. So who are you having uh, in your Villa First Eleven? You can email us at allvillanofilla at gmail.com. That's allvillanofilla at gmail.com. If you're a Villa fan based outside the UK, we'd love to hear from you. Let us know how you show your support for the Villa. Are you part of a supporters club or do you have to watch games all alone? You can send us your stories to our email address, allvillanofilla at gmail.com. You can also follow us on our Facebook, Twitter and Instagram pages. Just search All Villa No Filler. That's All Villa No Filler. OK, let's look ahead to Villa's next game now. It is Burnley away on Wednesday. As I say, the games are really coming thick and fast uh, now. Rasheen, how do you think that's going to go given our win yesterday against Newcastle? I can't see it being a problem. Um, we look fit, we look healthy, we look like we can we can take on another game. We did it over Christmas, I would say, against much stronger teams, so why can't we do it now? Like I said before, we seem to have depth in our squad. Um, I do think Bernie's confidence has to be on the high after being, you know, the first team to beat Liverpool at home since, what is it, 2017? But our confidence is on a high, so so why can't we go and beat them? Um, I, think, I think we'll do all right there. Yeah, I, I think... Um... I think yeah, Burnley will be on a high after getting that you know remarkable result really against Liverpool. Although Liverpool have been in pretty ropey form in recent weeks, um, and defensively, of course, they're they're always going to be difficult to break down as we found out when we played them at Villa Park. Um, I think we had a ridiculous amount of shots, didn't we, against against them at Villa Park and, and weren't able to get the breakthrough. Um, but you know we we've got all our players back back fit. Um, confidence is high after our win against Newcastle, of course. Oh, yeah, it, it, it's going to be it's going to be tough. I can't see Burnley beating us. I really can't. Um, but I can I can see them again, kind of putting in those two banks of four and really stifling us. And they might they might again restrict us to a more of attrition but, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. I, I think I think a lot of the question will be, you know, after. Um, Nakamba did so well um, against Newcastle. Would you would you change the squad, Frankie, or would you would you get McGinn back in for the game against Burnley? Uh, I think he probably would get McGinn back in. Yeah, I think he is our starting centre midfielder with Douglas Louise. Um, but you know, if Marvelous Nakamba does play there, there's no no complaints from me after his performance against Newcastle. Um, I thought, uh, yeah, Burnley um, very very hard to play against, very difficult to score against. Um, but you know, we beat them last season away two one, uh, really crucial win in the end. Um, and if we could do it last season with this kind of form we were in at the time. Um, there's no reason we can't go and do it again on Wednesday, um, particularly after beating Newcastle. We're on a high, um, but we won't get too many chances probably. So when we do get them, we have to take them. 
So as we are in the January transfer window, there has also been a transfer update. Villa have agreed a fee with Marseille for their midfielder Morgan Sanson, according to media reports. So Sky's Rob Dorsett said Villa will pay £14 million, with the fee potentially rising to 15 and a half with add-ons. And earlier this week, we spoke to the France-based CBS football correspondent Jonathan Johnson. And he said a move to Villa is what Sanson needs right now. Sanson is definitely one of those players who needs uh, a breath of fresh air, you know, a change of scenery. Uh, and I definitely think a move to a, a vibrant uh, Villa side, uh, you know, one where there's a lot of positivity surrounding the club for the first time in years. Uh, you know, I think it would do him uh, the the world of good. Uh, and although it might take him a bit of time to to settle in in terms of the the culture, in terms of a fit uh, for for the Premier League and, and Villa's style of play, I, I think it's quite a decent one. What do you make it, Frankie? Uh, well, I'm, at the moment, I'm trying to think of what my nickname is going to be for him because I have nicknames. <laughs> I have nicknames for every single Villa player. Because um, Handsome doesn't sa- Handsome Sanson, of course it sounds <laughs> good, actually. Handsome Sanson does, does, does have a nice ring to it. And we've just, we've just um, seen uh, Handsome Howrahan move to Swansea. <laughs> <laughs> we do need another Handsome in. <laughs> I, like, I like to think that they're in, they were in Bodymore Heath and Connor Howrahan just handed over the nickname to him <laughs> in some sort of ceremony. I now pronounce you the most handsome man at Aston Villa. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he's, he adds a bit of depth to midfield. Um, you know, you never know with injuries. You never know who players are possibly leaving the summer. So, um, handsome Sanson, good to have you at the Villa. <laughs> All Villa, no filler. On Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. This is where things get competitive. It's the back in time quiz where, as the title implies, I'll take a journey back in time to see how much these guys really know about the Villa. We could be playing just for honour, but we're not going to be doing just that. We're going to uh, also be playing for the Townsend Trophy, the prestigious Townsend Trophy. Who doesn't want that on their mantelpiece? Uh, it's named, of course, after the Villa legend Andy Townsend. Whoever wins the quiz takes hold of the trophy, and by the end of the season, whoever's won the title the most wait for it, gets a free Nando's wild herb sauce at the ready. Uh, the catch being the losers have to buy it for the winners. Uh, now, the last time George and Roisin, Roisin played, I believe George came away the victor. Uh, so uh, how are you feeling about today, guys? Oh, I'm a bit of an Ollie Watkins at the moment, aren't I? I can't quite, you know, I can't quite get it, but I think my luck's changing. I feel like this week is my time. Maybe. Well, <laughs> Maybe. Ollie did score last night, Roisin. So you know he 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 did, and uh, and I think I think I am a little bit apprehensive. You know, I think I think Roisin could could sneak <laughs> oh, this week. Thanks, George. You don't mean that, do you? <laughs> I'm playing mind games is what I'm doing. Um, yeah, well, you know, we'll we'll see, we'll see. You know, I I am, as ever, I'm confident in my own abilities. I'm going to concentrate on myself and what I can do and what I can bring <laughs> to the table. So um, so yeah, bring it on, Frankie. Let's have it. Okay, and can I get your buzzer sounds, please? What what are you going to be, Roisin? Gabby, 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 a bong the today for okay. a change, Frankie. Okay, and George? I'm going to make a change from Draper and I'm going to go Ekiog. Oh, nice. <laughs> Two great Rolls Villa off the players tongue, there. right? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, okay, so first question. It's the year 2000. We've just survived the terror of the millennium bug. And this month also witnessed Villa achieve a very famous win in our run to the FA Cup final. 
It was 3-2 against Leeds United. Who scored a hat-trick? Etiog. Yes, George. Is it Big Bad Benito Carboni? It is Big Bad <laughs> Benito Carboni. George has taken an early lead. He's crossing to the area from back target. George heads it in. We discussed Roche. this hat-trick in our Villains Abroad series just this week as well. <laughs> yeah. What is well, wrong with me? Right. Well, Rashid, Rashid, gather yourself together, okay. you know, okay. pull them socks up. Okay. Right. Question two. We go back to April 2015 and we're staying in the FA Cup. We've just beaten Liverpool 2-1. Who scored our first goal on that day? Ekiog. Yes, George. Was it Big Bad Christian Benteke? I love that all of your nicknames are just Big Bad. It was Big Bad Christian Benteke. <laughs> all of our players were big and bad. Uh, it's it's You've cruised into a 2-0 oh. no lead, George. Oh, my God. What a surprise. Short work of Gabby, 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 Bonglehor. Right. Uh, question three. It's now October 2005. George, Kelly Clarkson's career is in full swing here. <laughs> yeah, take me back to 2005, Frankie. Come on, let's, let's hear it. So, Villa have finally beaten Birmingham City in the Premier League. It took quite a, an annoyingly long time, that did. We won 1-0. I was at that game. Who scored for the Villa? Uh, but, uh, Gabby, 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 Gabby! Gabby, Gabby, above the horse scored! <laughs> I can't believe this. The crowd, Gabby, the crowd Gabby, are on their Gabby feet. It is Gabby. The crowd right? are on their feet. They're, you're closing in on the goal. Yeah. The crowd's on their feet. Who was it, Roisin? Who scored? Was it Gabby and oh. Bonglehor, Francis? No. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I got the wrong game. Oh, no. yeah. Can I can I come in and, and finish this off? <laughs> yeah. He's, well, they're on the George is on the counter attack. Oh, He's gone up the other end. God. What is it, George? Ek- well, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say my buzzer. Ekiog. It wasn't Ekiog. It was Kevin Phillips. <laughs> it was Kevin Phillips. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> this is like that Watford Leicester penalty. He's gone up the other end. <laughs> <laughs> Do they? Oh, oh my god! I couldn't believe it. Also, I was I was going to claim that was null and void because you said too many Gabbies uh, for your. Are we just overexcited? Yeah. When I'm, when I'm, Gabby I'm, scores, but you know, like he's like that friend that that never comes out and then comes out one Saturday night and it's like the best night of your life when he scores against the Blues. <laughs> yeah. That's it. He just turns up, doesn't he? But no, wrong year, oh, wrong game. God. I was oh, sweat. Jesus. Sweat there, bloody hell. <laughs> uh, you know, the crowd was hotly anticipated. You know that sound a crowd makes when something doesn't quite go right and it's just that like that hissing boom sound. <laughs> that, that, that's just ringing out from the whole end right now, Roshin. Oh, well, it's 3-0, but we'll, oh, we'll, I'll, ask, I'll ask one more question, see if you can pull one back, Roshin, now that George has won today. We're... <laughs> We're in the year 2002. Aston Villa's youth team have just won the FA Youth Cup. Which now legendary player started up front for our opponents? Gabby, 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 Gabby. I've started up front for our opponents. Oh, for our opponents, yes. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Rasheen, after you. (laughs) Uh, Who did you say our opponents were? I'll get. It was Everton, a now legendary player. Oh, Gabby, 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 Gabby. Who is it? Wayne Rooney? (laughs) It is Wayne Rooney! 
Uh, George fully well, knew that as well. Was just letting me get one goal, one yeah. consolation goal. Uh, uh, George was going to say Thomas Radzinski. He didn't have a I had Radzinski lined up, so uh, yeah. <laughs> Rashid. Rashid, Come on, let's have the fifth uh, question. I'm on a roll here. It's a, it's a late consolation. The crap, like, a, a apologetic applause. All right, fifth question. We're heading to the year 1998. Britney Spears' baby one more time is rocketing <laughs> up the charts. George's first single. <laughs> Aston Villa have just made an amazing 3-2 comeback to go top of the league. We did it December 98. Who did we beat? We were 2-0 down and we came back and won 3-2. I just heard heard an Ekiog there. Who was it, George? It was, uh, it was um, Arsenal, wasn't it? You are correct, George. It's 4-1. Oh, yes. At least I scored. Like I said, I am the only Watkins of this quiz, aren't I? You, you get those chances. You miss one, but you took the other. That, that's exactly. what's important. At least you took one chance. Thank exactly. Roshi, when that win comes in this quiz, I'm telling you, we're all going out. We break, we, we, we're we going to break into a nightclub. They're all shut at the moment, and we're just going to parties on. <laughs> I deserve this, Nando's, just for, just for turning up. This is humiliating. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can have a consolation bowl of uh, piri piri nuts. Uh, quarter chicken, hot rice, coleslaw, and a fizzy pot, please. Thank okay. you. <laughs> you got it. Right, so that's it for this week. But before we go, Frankie, you and Rasheen did another interview for the Villains Abroad series this week. Uh, we did. It was Luis Miguel Echegaray. Um, he's from Peru uh, originally. He grew up in England and moved to the US uh, a few years ago, where he now works for CBS Sports. He uh, He's a huge Villa fan and wrote a very moving article on how he came to support the Villa. It's really well worth a listen and uh, will be out later this week. Yeah, I've listened to it. It sounds, um, I mean, it's it's, it's fascinating, really. Uh, Rasheen, what did you make of Luis? I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I thought his his story about how he came to the UK and, and how supporting a football team and supporting the Villa for him kind of offered him a, a sense of belonging and and as he described it home um, I thought it was fascinating and, and well worth a listen Well thank you everybody for listening I've been your host George Linsky see you next week Rasheen See you next week George up the Villa Up the Villa cheery bye Frankie Tarara bit <laughs> it's a goodbye from me we'll be back next week to talk uh, of course more Aston Villa but until then come on you Villa boys from Aston <laughs> <laughs>